0: We, uh, that's why we've come to worship you and I just pray that you'll see something in us today of a surrender to you maybe that you haven't seen in us in a while so we just lift our hearts to you um, to have your will and have your way in this place today in Jesus name Go ahead and have a seat. Hey, are you uh, a little excited about the Lord this morning? You sound like it. I love love hearing you sing, and I know that the Lord loves hearing you sing. He loves the praises of his people. In fact, the scripture says he inhabits the praises of his people. And so I'm just so glad that you've come together with us today um, to lift high the name of Jesus, which is what we try to do every single week. That's our goal every single week. So I'm glad that you're here for that. Um, We have started. If you're new to us today, I want to welcome you um, and let you know that we started a new series that we've not done before um, called "This Is My Story," where we do some biblical teaching upon um, a real life testimony of what God is doing in the hearts of people, and being able to hear the stories of God's people. Kind of cool last week to be able to do that with Matt and um, and. Kaylin, I always want to call her Kaitlyn, which I don't know why, but um, Kaylin Stankovich and how the Lord has worked in their lives in order to bring them to the place that they are in service to the Lord. So are you ready to um, go after a new story today? Okay, I'm going to go back to my Johnny Carson position, <laughs> if that's okay with you. Um, so our story today, um, I want to introduce to you our guest, and our guest um, goes by many names. Um, 200 to be exact, that's a little crazy, Um, before the foundations of the world, his name was uh, the Word, so at the very beginning, his name was the Word, and when he was introduced to the world, he was given the name Emmanuel, which means God with Us. us, Now, we're told that at his birth, the word became flesh and dwelt among men. So he dwelt among us as human beings, his creation. His parents were told that he was going to be the savior of the world, which is another one of his names. He goes by the Lion of Judah, the Son of the Living God, the Lamb of God, and has been given titles like the Wonderful Counselor, the Prince of Peace, Prophet, Priest, and King. If you were to talk to him today, he would refer to himself as the Way, the Truth, and the Life. And when he introduced himself to John, the Apostle John, on the island of Patmos, he called himself the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end, the one who was and is and is to come, the almighty living one who was dead and is now alive forevermore, and because of his death, burial, and resurrection while he was here on this earth, we know him as King of kings and Lord of lords. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming to the stage Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. That was kind of cool and awkward all at the same time, wasn't it? (laughs) You're so weird, Phil. Yeah, I know, but so are you. And what were you expecting? Did anybody expect Jesus to show up and like to just come up from the backstage and sit down? That's okay if you did. I bet some of you are like, I've known Phil for a long time and his theatrical thing that he's got in him, I'll bet you they got some dude dressed up like Jesus is going to come out and he's going to sit on the couch and they're going to have this little weird talk you know about, and he's going to pretend like he's Jesus. We used to do that. Yeah, well, he didn't show, did he? Okay, now just, can you just, this is really loose today, by the way, okay? We're gonna participate in communion together, which is always a special time, but can I just pick on you just a little bit? Because a lot of you just said, he's here. Didn't you? Okay, so like, (laughs) if Jesus actually did walk out here, Um, I don't think you would have just sat in your seats and just like... Now, see, I had no clue what you guys were gonna do. I planned this to do this, right? And so I'm like, I have no... We'll just see what they do. I thought maybe you would like lose your minds at that point and just like stand at your feet, and scream your heads off and charge the stage like Alex is doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> all the all the security guys were like code red code red dude's <laughs> approaching the stake. oh my word he didn't show wouldn't it be cool if he did wouldn't that have just blow your mind do you know he's done some crazy miraculous things before Like when the Holy Spirit came upon the church, the whole place was shaken by his presence. I remember the promise keepers thing. Am I allowed to say that in church anymore? Back in the day when promise keepers were just getting going, some of you might not even know what promise keepers, it was just a big men's movement who loved Jesus, it was a big uh, guy thing and we were, we were meeting and I was, I was able to be at one of the very first um national meetings and it was held in in boulder colorado and we were at um uh university of colorado in boulder and we were in this outside place and um we're sitting there and it had been raining for days and days and it's like there's gonna rain us out and everybody had umbrellas and everything and right before we started They said, welcome to Promise Keepers. They got up and said, welcome men to Promise Keepers. And the the clouds parted open, and the sun shone right down in the middle of the stadium. The place went nuts. We were like, yes, this is awesome. And the guy, one of the leaders gets up, and he says, let's go ahead and pray, and let's just ask the presence of the Lord to fill this place. And he said, he said, God in heaven we ask your presence here in this place, and right at that moment, a big bolt of lightning just went, boom, and the thunder thundered right with the lightning and just exploded in the place. 20,000 men went silent <laughs> <laughs> and then lost our minds, but how cool would it have been if Jesus had just like walked out on the stage, right? But he didn't. I mean, physically, he did not walk out on stage. Is Jesus here? Yes, Yes, he is. In fact, well, is Jesus here physically? Ponder this with me. Jesus said, where my people gather... I am there in their midst. Want to hear something really cool? I was reading, hey, would you like it if we started the year um, in 2022, and you're like, you're already thinking about that? Yes, we are. Already thinking about 22. There is going to be a 22. We are going to make it unless Jesus returns, which would be awesome. We are going to make it, okay? I'm going to talk about that a little bit here. Um, but would you think it was cool if we, like, went into some discussion about Revelation and maybe end-time prophecy and those kinds of things as we start maybe the final year before the Lord returns? I don't know. I, did I just say that out loud? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm reading in Revelation, and... Um, when John was given the revelation and was given by, G- to, by Jesus himself, when he was on the Isle of Patmos, he saw a vision, and, and in his vision, he thought he saw the Lord Jesus Christ moving amongst some golden candlesticks, and he was holding some stars in his right hand. And he told John, he said, John, here's the deal. Those candlesticks are the churches, and the stars are their pastor's. And in Revelation 2, verse 1, it says, These are the words of Him, Jesus Christ, who walks among the churches and holds their pastors in their hands. How awesome is that? Jesus moves among His churches. And he holds us pastors in his hand, and not not oh, isn't that cool? Like he's my shepherd. That not that kind of holding. It's the holding of I'm going to accomplish my will in my church, and these pastors better do what I tell them to do. My authority is coming down through, and we're going to. I'm going to do my work in my church, and I am amongst them. That's pretty special. John 14, Jesus' final time that he met with his disciples, he started talking to them about leaving them, and it was causing a lot of anxiety, and so he says, now listen, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave you, I'm going to my father, and I'm going to go prepare a place for you, don't worry, I'm going to be coming back. He says, what's interesting is he didn't say, I'm leaving and you're not going to see me anymore. He said, I'm leaving, and they understood. I'm leaving and going to my father. That's what he said, but he didn't say, and you're not going to see me anymore. Instead, he said, and the world will not see me anymore. He says, but you will see me because I'm going to send my Holy Spirit, and my Holy Spirit's going to be in you. And because my spirit is going to live in you, then I am also going to live in you. Therefore, you will see me. The world will not see me but you will see me but then he twists and he he turns and he says but the world will see me because as you obey my commands because you love me you will obey my commands and as you obey my commands and you love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength and you love your neighbor as yourself then the world will see me because I am in you and they will see me through you. In fact, Jesus went on in his high priestly prayer in John 17 and he said, whenever you come together, my people, whenever you are one and you are a unit and you're not divided and you're not backbiting each other and you're loving on each other, because of your great love, the world will see you And they'll see me. They'll know that you're my disciples. And because of your unity, the world will know that the Father sent me. And he will see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. How awesome is that? He is very much here. in our midst walking among the church how does that work so you were hoping I didn't come over here weren't you I'm just looking to see if I can see Jesus in there. Can you see Jesus in here? Don't answer that. <laughs> just, just do something for me. Look at the people on your right and your left in front of you, behind you. Just look around. Look around. Go ahead. In fact, lock eyes with somebody. That's really awkward. In fact, they say when you're speaking to somebody, you ought to look into their left eye. Because if you look into their right eye, you're not connecting. If you want to connect with somebody, look into their left eye and you look into their soul. So look into the left eye of somebody right now. You're looking in my right eye. What are you doing? You're like
1: That's
0: a little weird, right? That's a little weird, that's a little strange. Is Jesus in there? See, if you know the Lord, and you have a story in Jesus Christ, and you know him, then his spirit is in you, and the promise is that if my spirit is in you, then I will be in you. And so, does can you see Jesus in each other? Can can the world see Jesus in us? It's the only way they can see Jesus right now. It's through God's people. So is Jesus here? The answer is yes. Is Jesus here physically? The answer is? The answer is? The answer is? Yes, Jesus is here physically. And we don't understand how, but he's here in our midst, inside of each one of us. That's pretty special. As we go out into the world that we live in, the crazy world that we live in, there's an old saying that goes like this. Did you know that you may be the only Jesus someone out there will ever see. I've been pondering that. In the end times that we're living in today, in the crazy world that we're living in today, in a day which there is no absolute truth, do you see the people who need you and who need the truth and who need Jesus and who need a story in Jesus Christ? And do you understand that the only Jesus that they may ever see is you and in you and through you? And the only message they may ever hear is through you because Jesus said, go take my word. Go take the good news of the gospel to everyone. So I've been thinking about that. Lord, am I, am I, am I doing enough? Am I, am I, do I have eyes to see enough? Last night, last night, it's like 8.30, it's starting to get dark earlier, right? It's like 8.30. It's almost dark, and some guy rings my doorbell. I'm like, anybody who knows me knows don't bother Phil at 8.30 at night on Saturday night. <laughs> He's got a big day tomorrow. I hear the doorbell ring, and Rob like, who's that? I said, I don't know. So I go to the door, and I open the door. Here's this guy standing there. And I won't go into the whole thing, but he says, well, can you help me? Now, he went to the intern's house across the street, and he asked the intern first. By the way, stand up, JC. <laughs> this is JC right here. This is our intern. Wave to, wave to everybody. This is our new intern. So he's, our, he's gonna be working with our youth department. He's work, we're gonna work him to death. He's actually gonna be teaching some Bible at the school and everything else. We're just so glad to have him on board. But um, he went to JC's house first, and JC said, you know what, I'm a poor intern but the lead pastor lives across the street. (laughs) So the guy comes to my house. He tells me all that. You're toast, man. You're toast. The guy guy tells me all of that, and he comes to the house, you know, and he's looking for help. And so I'm listening to him, and I'm asking him, you know. and So I'm kind of getting into his life a little bit to see where he he is with Jesus. Of course, I'm going to help him um, with his need. But um, I wanted to find out, and and as as we're talking, he's got a Revive bracelet on. So I'm like, I cannot wait to get to the revived bracelet story, you know? So we get done talking and I talk to him about his need and um, and I say, I notice you've got like a bracelet on, a multicolored bracelet on, what is that? And he goes, oh yeah, he said, now Robin and I are now living on the other side of Elkhart, you know, we're not living over here like we used to, we're living over by Elkhart Christian Academy, our school. And so, you know, 10 miles away from here, away from the church, and um, he goes, oh yeah, one time, one time I was um, getting some some food, and um, this really nice guy um, listened to my story, and he bought me some food, actually gave me a gift card, and um, then he gave me this bracelet, and he goes, I don't have the Bible that goes with it, but I'm going to tell you what the bracelet means, and I'm going to share with you some things about um, Jesus, he goes, and, and he's, from some, he's from some church, like across Six Band Bridge, and um, you know, up there on County Road 17, he's from some church, and I'm like, this is great, this is great. <laughs> And so I've listened to the story and he said how he was shared Jesus with and I I said, so do you know Jesus? He goes, yeah, I I know Jesus. I'm just in a really bad spot right now. So we talked about his life a little bit and um, sent him on his way. Here's the point. You never know. When you have encounters with people in our world, you don't know that you may be the only, how, how proud was I? as a pastor of a church, to know that someone from our church is actually sharing Jesus with people and helping meet their physical need to help their spiritual need. Way to go. Whoever did that. Keep it up, you guys. That's what we're all about. Deuteronomy 7.21 says this, the Lord your God is among you. The Lord your God is among you and he is a great And awesome God. You know why that was written? That's actually Moses talking to the people of Israel who were afraid of their enemies that were coming upon them. And God said, Moses said, people, don't be afraid. The Lord your God is among you. Yeah, but these people want to hurt us. These people want to come against us. Don't be afraid of them. The Lord your God is among you, and He's a great and awesome God. If you're gonna have somebody on your side, you want God on your side. You want the Lord Jesus Christ in your corner when you're going up against people who want to hurt you. Right? I cannot keep silent. About some of the stuff that's happening in our world right now so I'm gonna go off a little bit if that's okay with you and some of you are gonna say there he goes he's I'm just saying to you okay Um, I am not going political what I'm gonna be talking about I'm not going political I want to give you a dose of reality how can I be silent and not speak to the evil that is all around us. We've lost our minds. Woe to those who say that good is evil and evil is good. Woe to those is what the scripture says. And we are living in the midst of a people that are calling good, bad, and bad, good? Twisting everything? Are you a little afraid? I am. Give me some of your bravery. Those of you who are going, nope, I'm not afraid. Give me some, because I'm nervous about the future. Now, do I trust in the Lord? Absolutely. Absolutely one of my spiritual gifts is the gift of faith, and so I totally trust in the sovereignty of God. I know he's in control, but that doesn't mean that I'm not a little nervous, I'm not a little afraid of some of the stuff that we're going to have to go through as individuals in the church of Jesus Christ, but as a church congregation. How am I going to lead us through some trials that might be coming, things we've never even dreamed might come to us? And you're... Can you, is it okay for me to talk to you like this? Because I'm, it's, it's not, I'm not trying to be a doomsdayer. But things are not going to get better and better. And we're seeing them unfold and unravel right before our eyes. I don't think that our administration is the sharpest pencil in the box. <laughs> but they listen to me, they're not that Stupid to take all of our troops out of a place before they get our civilians out. They're not. There's some weird thing going on, some wicked, evil thing that's happening. You don't leave. Oh, brother. I just have to, you don't, we're smarter than this. Unless Satan is in control and the master puppeteer doing all kinds of things that to God's people who have clear minds because we possess the Holy Spirit of God can see clearly the wrong in it. I'm scared for my my children who are trying to raise their children. I'm scared, I'm nervous, I'm fearful for my grandchildren to grow up in some kind of freaked out, weird, no absolute world that we're living in. I'm afraid for the church of Jesus Christ because listen to me, we're swallowing false doctrine that's being peddled in the church. Oh, didn't Jesus say that was gonna happen? Doesn't the Bible tell us that that's gonna happen? Watch out, there are gonna be wolves among you in the midst of you who are going to bring in all kinds of false doctrine and false teaching and we, we, the people of God, are gonna gather to ourselves people who will tell us what we wanna hear. Woe to those who say that evil is good and good is evil. I'm fearful of living in a world where we normalize those things that are an abomination to our Lord. The Church of Jesus Christ is actually coming up with new doctrines on how to justify homosexuality by saying That God is tolerant, and God is somehow morphing with his truth from the very beginning. Yes, in the beginning he made man and woman to be in a one monogamous relationship for life. He made a man and a woman, but today he's not. Today he has evolved in the way that he tolerates sin. And so now it's okay, and God's okay, and the teaching is God's actually making you like that. He made you a girl, but he gave you men's plumbing. So be the girl that God made you to be. That is not reality. And the church of Jesus Christ, if we stand up and say that, We're the enemy of the world, and all we're doing is speaking truth. I'm not angry. I'm anxious. It's infiltrating everything, and the only way that it will change, the only way that we will make a difference in the midst of all of this is to be the people who possess the presence of Almighty God through the form of his Holy Spirit and Jesus living inside of us and being Jesus to everybody out there. Do not be afraid. Phil, Phil, listen to the word of God. Deuteronomy 721, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is in your presence. And he's an awesome and great God. You know, we just saying that he is our way maker. Jesus Christ is the way maker. And he is famous all throughout history for making a way, miraculously making ways of salvation for his people. He parted the Red Sea. Remember that? People were escaping Egypt and bondage under Egypt and under Pharaoh's rule, and they fled Egypt, and they come upon the Red Sea, and they don't know where to go. The army's coming down upon them, and God says, Just take the Lord your God is in your midst, and he's a great and awesome God. And he parts the Red Sea for them, and they walk on dry ground only to get the last Israelite on the other side and turn around and look and here comes the army and the waters crash upon the army and God defeats them, takes them out. How do you think the Israelites felt at that moment? You know, like, yes, what an awesome God we have. He's here, he's with us. What are we afraid of? Why were we whimpering as we walked across the miraculous parting of the Red Sea? What was wrong with us, right? Okay, well, are you hearing yourself now right now? There's nothing to be afraid of. Delivered his children from fiery furnaces, from the mouths of hungry lions. I love the stories where God destroys entire armies, and all of God's people did was just stand there and watch. Didn't have to lift their sword at all. Look at the Lord who delivers his people. We have those stories. They're real. They're true. We can, they're there for us, for our example. And to encourage us and to strengthen us. We have nothing to be afraid of. He's with us. Released his servants from wrongful imprisonment. You think any of us are gonna go to prison? There you go again, Phil. I bet we do. I bet I do. Robin's getting ready right now to take a big vacation when I go. Into prison, she's going to like, you know, you know, we laugh about it, but it's very real. It's very, I can't keep on going. So today we're going to participate in the partaking of what we call communion. So why don't you gather your stuff together and um, let me talk a little bit about this. Because I want to propose to you today that when we participate in this, we remember the way that Christ made for us to be delivered out of the darkness of our sin and into his glorious light. This is why we, why we do this. So... I want to propose to you that when we participate in communion um, we're remembering the story of Jesus. This is the story of his life. This is actually the story of why he came. Why he became flesh and dwelt among us. The story of Jesus' life has always been about making a way for those who are in bondage with no way of escape. His story has always been a story rescuing those who are drowning in the sea of despair. His story delivers us out of eternal damnation into his glorious life eternal life with him in heaven. It's about delivering salvation to those of us who are lost in our sin and then giving us a redemptive story that we can tell. In fact, the only reason Jesus has an earthly story is because people like you and me needed a rewrite on our story. His story is about giving us a story in him and his story becomes our story and then that makes us part of the never-ending story calling us into a life that we live before the Lord where the whole world can read our story and therefore read his story so that they can understand the story of Jesus and his love for us, his children. Did you know that um, this is why we have two ordinances in the church? We have the ordinance of baptism that we celebrated last week and communion. Baptism is when we testify of the new story we have in Jesus Christ. That's what baptism is. We stand before people and say, I am now a new creation in Jesus Christ. Jesus is my Lord, and I want to serve him the rest of my days, and we tell our story. Communion is remembering Jesus' story that gave us our story. So the title of our message, you know, the title of our series is This Is My Story. And we're talking about people's unique stories in Jesus Christ, but the realization is we don't have a story without Jesus' story. In fact, Jesus' story is the origin the origin of the ordinance of communion. When he introduced this to his disciples on that last supper, that last night he spent with them, um, they were engaged in what was called the Passover meal, which is how the Israelites remembered God's deliverance from their suffering in Egypt, their enslavement in Egypt. And so they would, once a year, they would, they would observe what was called Passover. You remember the story where the, the 10 plagues came upon the Egyptians to let my people go, God said, to and Moses said to Pharaoh, let my people go so they can go out in the wilderness and serve me, the one true God. And that last final straw that broke the camel's back or broke Pharaoh's back was when the death angel was going to come and he was going to take the firstborn of every household. And so at the Passover meal, when they would remember all of those happenings, because it's really good to tell the stories and remember what the Lord did in his great day of deliverance, there was wine at the table and there was unleavened bread, and there was roasted meat, roasted lamb. The wine represented the blood of the spotless lamb. They would go find a lamb without blemish, so which, which signified purity, and they would kill the lamb, and they would drain the lamb's blood as a sacrifice, and atonement, for sin. But at the time of the Passover, they were to take that lamb, shed its blood, take a hyssop branch, dip it in the blood and put it on the doorpost and across the top of their doors in their houses. And God said that when the death angel comes over, he says I will pass over you, I will pass over your house when I see the blood. And so the blood was a very significant part of their remembrance because it had to be there or else the death angel. So the only way they were delivered from the death angel's blow to their house was when he saw the blood. The unleavened bread that they ate represented God's provision for their journey out of slavery into a new freedom, into a new life with their God and with their Savior. And so it is in that setting that he has observing the Passover with his men in the upper room, that Jesus picks up the elements that are already before him, and he tells them, as he's explaining to them, he tells them that something very new is going to happen that night. There's gonna be a new way of thinking. There's gonna be a new way of things that are gonna happen from what they were used to. The bread that once represented God's provision that was made in haste to leave Egypt, was now representative of the body of Jesus. He says, this is going to be representing my body, which is going to be broken for you. It's gonna be a way of deliverance for you. It's gonna be a provisional measure for you. And so I want you to think about that as you eat the bread. The cup of wine that symbolized the lamb's blood that protected them from the death angel, was now going to represent his blood, who is, one of his names is the spotless lamb of God, who's going to shed his blood for the remission of sins so that the covering can be on your life, so that you can be delivered from the death that is a result and the wage of your sin and the separation, eternal separation from God. And now this blood makes a way for you to have your sins forgiven. And so when you drink it, you're going to remember that I shed my blood, the sinless, spotless lamb of God, for you. In that moment, he redefined everything for them and he announced a new covenant between God and man. And so when we participate in this, We rehearse and we remember the death of our Lord that changed, radically changed the trajectory of our sinful, pathetic lives and made a way for us to enter into his story. And remember, the only reason he has an earthly story is to make a way for us to enter into his story and have our stories rewritten. That's what we do when we come to communion time. What story can you tell on a day when you're going to have communion with the Lord, when you're going to remember the Lord, accept his story? So I'm going to release you to examine and think about those things. Paul tells us that when we do this, And we're supposed to do this till Jesus comes and remember all that he's done for us. We're supposed to examine ourselves. And I think that there's a lot involved in that. Part of it is just thanking the Lord for what he's done because without him, we wouldn't be able to have any life in him. But I think part of the examination is, Lord, am I living my life in a way that is worthy of your sacrifice? Am I giving myself completely to you, Father? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Am I doing that and living in such a way that everyone else can see you through me? Am I loving my neighbor as myself? Am I loving my brothers and sisters in Christ in a a healthy, loving way, in a sacrificial way so that the whole world will see the story in me? I think that's what we do when we examine ourselves and we make adjustments a new and a fresh there's nothing wrong with that I do that all the time Lord forgive me for that help me strengthen me for tomorrow it's a good thing to do when we examine ourselves before the Lord so I'm going to release you to examine yourselves we'll partake together in just a minute our praise team's going to come and they're going to sing a song it's a new song to you wonderful song. It's a song of testimony for us that we can sing to the Lord that just simply says, thank you, Jesus, for the blood. God bless you as you examine your hearts before the Lord. Jesus took the bread, and he broke it, and he said, when you eat, remember me. Let's eat together. And then he took the cup, and he said, when you drink this, this new covenant that is in my blood, remember that it is without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Remember me. But Jesus wants to say something to you right now. So please put your attention to the screens for the message from the Lord. stand with me, and how will you respond to this today? How do you respond to this message from the Lord? Everything you saw on the screen comes straight out of the scripture, what he asks of his people. Only you know what you need to do with this at this point. Some of us need to make adjustments to the way that we're living so that people can see Jesus in us. Great. Make the adjustment. Let's get out there and give it everything we have for the Lord and be the people that He's called us to be. Sing the song. Tell the world. Some of you that are here today and visiting online with us, maybe you're sitting in the loft upstairs. you just need a story in Jesus. You need the Lord Jesus to rewrite your story and he can do that today. I believe you're here today hearing this and your heart's being challenged, your heart's being convicted, your heart's being humbled to give it to Jesus today and to give your life to him and let your story become his story. You can give your heart to Jesus today. It's It's not a hard thing to do. It's kind of hard to live it out. It's not a hard thing to give your life to Jesus. It's confession of your sin, humbling your heart, confessing your sin before him. The scripture said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can have that salvation today. I'd encourage you, if that's you and you know you don't know the Lord, respond today to the message. Respond to the story of Jesus Christ. We can help you with that we would love to help you with that our prayer team will be down here in the front and we will share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you and help you if you're online reach out to our prayer team right now and we will help you with that we want you to know the Lord Jesus Christ you know what we saved for last today we saved our giving for last today and we did that on purpose because we thought you know what why do we have to give in the middle all the time This is part of our worship experience. What an awesome thing to do to give our offerings to the Lord in response to all that He has given to us. So, we're going to let you on your way out. We're going to release you to give to the Lord. And there's different ways that you can do that. But just so you know, we have a brand new way to do it for your physical offering. We now, we told you a couple weeks ago, we were going to put boxes on the back wall. We have generosity boxes now that we have on the back wall that you can deposit your physical offering if you come with a physical offering every week. Um, you can deposit that in, at the wall there. On, there's different places by every door. Our ushers will be there, though, because on Communion Sunday, we have what we call um, giving to our fellowship fund, which is taking care of the physical needs of people in our congregation when those come upon us. So. Um, the deacons distribute those funds to people when they're in need, and the ushers will be at the back to receive that. So anything in the plates will be to the fellowship fund offering, okay? And we're going to do, can we do one more thing before we go out with a song? You all right with that? Um, we're going to bring you some new members into our church, into the body of Christ, okay? So we have, and can you guys put the house lights any higher so I can see a little better? See, if you're here today, In this service, raise your hand, okay? We're bringing in Steve and Brittany Troyer. Are you guys in this service? Right there. Come on, wave so we know where you are. All right, awesome. Um, Andrew Medford, are you in this service, Andrew? Don't see him. And Travis and Geneva Summers. Probably gonna be in this second also. Okay, so I have, Dan Wertman has made um, this recommendation. Do I have a second to receive them into membership Steve Bossum, thank you very much okay, all in favor of bringing these folks into membership, say yes, yes. and we will complete this in the second service um, I just want to say thank you Jesus thank you for being the way maker thank you for doing the work and sacrificing for us so that we can know you and we can be saved from our sins and so that we can have a story to tell. You guys remember this little chorus? Let's sing it as a prayer to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank salvation, thy great salvation, so rich and free, the frontier is always open for anyone who wants to make a decision for the Lord, God bless you, let's go be Jesus and tell his story out in the world today.
1: Thank you for joining our worship service online today. Our prayer is that the worship and teaching will inspire you to love God, love others and influence the world for Jesus Christ. If you made a spiritual decision today, we'd love to know about it. You can click on the link for our online connection card. If you haven't yet, you can download our church app and you can see more opportunities and messages and even share this message with a friend. And go to our website, fbclcart.org for even more opportunities. We hope to see you back here next Sunday morning at FBC Elkhart.